We need to go to the bullpen. Hello baseball fans around the world and a big welcome to the first post-season Highland bullpen. Yep, that's it. We're here already. Can you believe it? Another fantastic MLB regular season has come to an end. And now we're down to the real, the real important crunch time of the season. And against all the odds, the Seattle Mariners will be carrying the flag alone for the Highland bullpen teams after the White Sox just failed to make it to the postseason. The Red Sox are a season to forget and the Tigers kind of tigered again. But before I get to be all uh, boastful about the exploits of the Seattle's finest, let's get a quick roundup from the rest of the bullpen bros. Alan, I hope you don't mind a little bit of a wee, a wee uh, joke there at the expense of the Tigers, but it has been, it's fair to say, not the season you were hoping for. Well, we didn't even realise that was a joke, Richard. I thought that was like a, a, a factual journalist comment, comment there. Uh, yeah, 100%. We had a little bit of hope and optimism moving into 2022-2021, showed some hopeful signs uh, under new management. A um, few big signings came in, but no, it fairly quickly fell apart. And the, the target for the last few weeks really was to avoid 100 defeats, which we managed to successfully do. Um, Possibly a wee highlight as it will round the season off tonight, playing against a playoff team uh, as we uh, over in the over in, in the west coast with uh, your Mariners, um, having been beaten last night. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're on ninety-five defeats, sixty-six wins. Not been great. Let's talk about Miggy. Three thousand hits. Um, not many players get to that. He got his five hundred home runs. Previously, it was 3,000 hits over his career coming in the 2022 season. So well done to Miggy Cabrera. A wee bit of a highlight. He's 39. Uh, he's still coming in there as a, as a designated hitter. Uh, younger than Alan McGregor, the Rangers goalkeeper. Um, less grey hairs, but still able to perform a wee bit. And there's maybe a little bit in there that says, just, let's not discard the, the old guys um, but let, let's, let's sort of see how things go. We, at the other end of the spectrum, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. Uh, Spencer made over 100 games this year. Riley just underneath that. But both put up decent numbers, age 21, 22. Akil, Akil Badu, 23. So there's a few young guys in there that we've got to hope uh, they're going to come through and give the, the Tigers a little bit of hope in the in the hitting side as we go forward and with the young guys. Pitching, Tarek Skubal, he's currently on the injured list, but he, he came up with seven wins, uh, eight losses. Uh, that was the top performer for the, the Tigers uh, then as well. Alex Lang, I think, had seven wins in a, in a relief position, but Tarek is a starting pitcher. And that starting rotation has pretty much changed completely from what the Tigers' starting rotation was when we started taking a closer interest two or three years ago. So not entirely sure what that says, uh, but let's let's look forward to 2023 and, and let's see how much we can enjoy watching the playoffs without the Tigers being in there. 
Yeah, and, and I guess, Alan, that is one of the beauties of baseball, isn't it? That even in a year for, of disappointment for your franchise, there's always those individual success stories, and there's also those little buds of hope as well. I can yes. hear it in your voice again, Alan, and I've no <laughs> doubt this, that, that come the spring, you'll once again be confident of a great year for the Tigers as well. Thank you, Alan. Now, I, I did mention that probably the Tigers are the, out of our four teams are the, are the only team that might have been more unlikely than the Mariners to make it to the to the postseason. But I think it's fair to say, Dave Jr., that you rightly had, had high hopes for the Chicago White Sox. They, they seem to have all the tools to have a, a big season this year. So where did it, where did it go wrong? And, and are there any kind of, kind of raise a light that the White Sox and, and all the fans in Chicago can, can look forward to for next season? Well, there's certainly a lot of tools, Richard. Um, I can <laughs> testify to that. Um, <laughs> so the, the season was definitely a, a real disappointment. Um, and yeah, one thing when you're talking about going forward, they are pretty much going to be left with the same squad. Uh, Tony La Russa, our manager, um, has retired uh, just the other day. Um, again, a lot of health reasons, but fair play to him. He stood up and he could have quite rightfully just walked away from the game. He's, he's a Hall of Fame manager. He's, um, I think he's managed the second most amount of games ever. Um, he's a very beloved character at a lot of teams across the MLB. Um, and he could have just walked away given his age. He's pushing 80 now. Um, but he did actually stand up and say it's not just health. He said his own performance as manager, he hasn't given the White Sox what they expected and what he expected in the last two years. So I think that's quite... Uh, a lot of credit goes uh, goes in there. Um, quite honestly, we've not really batted too well this season. And it came down to it was a decision that the White Sox consciously made in spring training. Um, was about getting hits rather than a lot of power, which the team has been built around, um, and it just hasn't fallen through into into run producing. I'm afraid um, our we we haven't hit the old long ball for for many a year now. Um, and it's not been helped by this season either. So we've got a team that's pretty much packed with a lot of what is deemed really good talent, but they're all in long-term contracts. So whoever comes in will either have to kind of work the magic with some trades in the front office or get a different tune out of these players. So it'll be very interesting to see how we progress. Um, pitching has been pretty good this, this year. It's been okay. It's not been stellar by any means. Uh, Dylan Cease is well in short of uh, the Cy Young Award. Um, there, there could be a real good chance there, although I think someone like Verlander personally um, might just kind of run away with that. Um, again, our performance in the division, we're going to end up pretty much a 500 team. So to those out there, 162 games, we're pretty much going to win half uh, and lose half. So we're 81 for 80 just now. So regardless of what happens tonight, our position... Uh, it's second in the league is, is confirmed, but it's just not been good enough to challenge uh, Cleveland, who are in the first year of their kind of new franchise, their new name with the Guardians. Um, and I should probably be a bit bitter about my rivals going into the postseason, but to be honest, they've got a great pitching lineup. I think we're all fans of, of Bieber. Uh, they've got Tristan McKenzie, uh, another few ones in there that I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but they've got some really strong players. Um, Ramirez, uh, Josh Naylor, yeah, they really have a, a really fun young lineup that not much was expected of this season, but they're a good team 
Um, and I think it's Terry Francona manages them and he comes across as a bit of a, a good guy, a real baseball guy. So I kind of wish them all the best, March on. I'm not sure who they've got in the postseason. Um, but in terms of the White Sox, it's one to fail uh, and again, hope for a, a, maybe a bit of investment, some some new blood going into 2023 uh, and the possibility of getting along to even see a game. Absolutely. Thanks for that. It was a really comprehensive rundown. And yeah, a kind of strange season for the, the White Sox, all told. As you see, I, I fully expected their backs to be on for, and for them to be, you know, get racking up a lot of big scores. But that kind of transition to the kind of the hits rather than homers, I guess, uh, didn't really work out for them. In terms of colours of socks, let's trade the white ones for the red ones and the pride of Boston. <laughs> the Red Sox this year, Yorkshire Dave, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's another case of what might have been. Yeah, they're looking back. Um, I got a call from uh, a good friend of the Highland bullpen, Rob Fontenot, who runs the Astros um, baseball podcast, very successful, and um, very kindly had me on as a guest on his show. And uh, we had a very good chat generally about baseball, which... Uh, Pressure's on when he's speaking to someone who's just an expert, not just in the Astros, but in baseball. But uh, we, we haven't got along extremely well. And um, he finished off by saying what, you know, he knows the Highland bullpen, he knows our four teams. And he said, how do you think things are going to end up? And I said that I thought the best chance of playoff position was the White Sox. Um, Red Sox are always hopeful, um, then the Mariners and the Tigers, who uh, I would expect them to improve and possibly have a winning season. And he said, I, he just simply said, I agree with that. So that just shows you about predictions, you know, and, uh, so, you know, I'm upset about the Red Sox season and I'd like to see the White Sox you know, get there because I think they've got some great players. But, yeah, really pleased for the Mariners. And uh, the Tigers, you know, I've always got a soft spot for the Tigers, having been to the old stadium. Um, their time will come, surely. Um, but, yeah, as for, as for the Red Sox, I mean, there's no getting away from it. They finished last in their division and they have a losing record. And, uh, you know, Alex Cora was interviewed quite recently said um just he said he's not worried i think he's a good manager i think he's the man to take us forward he says we just you know it's almost in the obvious but we need to compete against uh, division rivals and this is becoming even more vital as um as baltimore orioles are now got a winning team so not only have you got the yankees who um, you know poised to go pretty much all the way this 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 season and looking really good. You've got the Rays and the Jays, um, so yeah, it's you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be tough. And uh, you're looking for positives. That just happened before to the Red Sox this century, and they've won you know four championships this century. They've finished bottom and they've bound straight back. But 
you know, you wonder about the organization. Um, they do spend money, but have they spent it wisely? You know, what are they going to do about the free agencies and Bogarts and Devers? Two players that really, surely, we've got to re-sign for next season. Bogarts, especially, I think, I think Devers has got another year, but really get them them tied up. And then you're looking at the pitch in, they need to um, do something about that because I don't think there's many teams in the whole of MLB who've um, probably got a worse ERA. Um, but positives, they brought a young guy through, Brian, um, Brian Bayo, who looks like he's going to be a great starting pitcher. He's got to be in the rotation for ne next season. And first baseman who's got a bit of power, Tristan Casas, um, Casas, who plays you know, first base. He's hit five home runs out of 75 at-bats. That's on target for 40 home runs in a season, I think, if you look at that. So, you know, you've got Whitlock and, and Tanner. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to do, but good manager, good organisation, and they can bounce back. But good luck to them. Go Mariners. Thanks, thanks, Yorkshire Dave. And it's uh, no, it's good to have the support of the, the bullpen. I know I'd be the same if it had been the, the White Sox, the Red Sox, or the, or the Tigers sitting in the, the, the playoff position as we are now. And I guess for me, I'm just delighted to be there. Clearly, along with every other Mariners fan, it's two long decades it's been since that 2001 Mariners Odyssey, in which they racked up 116 regular season wins. Uh, and, you know, their dreams were only dashed by the Yankees that year uh, uh, in the American in the Champion the AL Championship Series. So it's great to be there, but you get greedy, don't we? All with sports fans, we get greedy. Once you're there, you want to go that one step further as well. And for us, it's the, the Blue Jays. And the way I'm a little bit disappointed, like about 10, 12 games left in the regular season, I had hopes that we'd be able to take the home advantage. It kind of it looked like... We had a kinder run-in. It looked like the Mariners had the opportunity to make up that gap. And then we talked about before, I know sometimes it's not just who you're playing, it's when you're playing them. So, you know, teams had a chance. The Red Sox clearly had, were already, I think, thinking about the end of the season, to be honest, Yorkshire Dave, and they didn't put up the resistance that they normally would. Uh, the Tigers, a couple of high-scoring games, Alan, the Tigers have certainly won the Mariners close, but we now have to, to win in uh, Toronto which is, we, we, I think we've played them three times in Toronto this season and we lost two and one one. We swept them uh, in Seattle. So you can see I would have been, that's partly why I was so keen to, to get them back here. But you know what? Three games, Seattle approved. They've, they can do it. They can win on the big occasion. You know, uh, we're sitting here in October. Midway through June, the Mariners looked a long, long shot to be in the playoffs. They were kind of, I think that at that point, there were something like 29 uh, 29 wins, 39 defeats since Scott Surveys was a, the favourite for the, the Axe, you know, amongst all the MLB guys at that time. So we turned it around, you know, we beat the odds and came back. We finished with a nice strong, you know, a, a strong winning record. And it's now a case of can we do it in Toronto? Uh, I think we've got a good chance. I think we need to pitch better than we've pitched of late. We've given up too many runs. But again, I don't want to read too much into the closing stages of the season because I think it will be different 
uh, or once we get going for those games. But in terms of why people should support the Mariners, I'm obviously going to encourage people to do that. Uh, I know you guys are already converts, and in some cases not much conversion was needed. But the Mariners have, have done this on a relative shoestring among all the MLB teams. I think they have their budgets, they kind of... Among the certainly in the lower half, and I think it's something like I think only eight or nine teams have spent less than the Mariners have. The vast majority of teams that made it to the postseason have spent a lot more. In some cases, more than double, like to the Mets, for example, and others have spent more than double to get there. So the Mariners haven't bought their way into their, this position that they've earned it, and, and they've done it the hard way with some good baseball and, and getting the, the results when it mattered. Uh, I do wonder what Ken Griffey Jr. makes of it all. Obviously now back in his executive position with the franchise that he was such a, a hero for, and now you've got the you know you've got the the new sensation Julio Rodriguez, who I really can't wait to see because I think if he's going to be as good as we think he can be, these are the kind of occasions where people make their mark. He's already on his way to becoming a fantastic player. This could be a chance for him to really take that next step. So. From your perspectives, having seen the you know the, the Blue Jays against your respective teams during the season, any any advice for the Mariners? Anything you've noticed or anything you think about the Blue Jays or about the challenge that Toronto offer? Tricky one. I think uh, they seem to have a happy knack of finding a way to win. I think if you look at the pure numbers, which um, kind of lost at the moment they're sort of runs for and runs against are quite close aren't they and uh, you know the way they finished up in terms of the win record was about as expected you know against it is it the blue jays that they're playing in the 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 sort of playoff game um i i think that might i think that's a really tough ask for them and uh, you know i don't think i've got any advice just hopefully yeah, J Rod, as we're calling him, does his does his stuff. You look at his numbers, and you know, is it his rookie year? I think I think it is, isn't it? What he's got, um, he's he's almost he's not far off three hundred. Yes, yes, it's a rookie year. Yeah, 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 not far off the three hundred average, twenty, almost thirty home runs. You know, he's not far off that what used to be thought of as um, you know, 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. He, he, you know, he's not quite there, but he's, he's not far off. And, you know, his, his rookie season, uh, he's only 21. Um, yeah, I hope he's going to be a real star of the postseason. Dave Jr. Um, sorry, I nipped away from the camera there for a second. Um, for any of you watching on YouTube, which is not available, so you can't. Um, but did you speak about the fact that Toronto, there's a possibility, could that cause any concerns for Seattle with the games being in Canada, Richard? Um, do you have any players that can't enter the country, as an example? Uh, I don't think so, uh, Dave Jr. Sorry. No, 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 I was just going to say, again, that... Do Toronto have home advantage in the game? They so do. They, they do. Um, and again, games, just, yeah. if there are any 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 Mariners, sorry, that, that will miss out, um, I, I know that that has caused concern for some teams, including the White Sox, throughout the regular season. So it's just something that it's an extra X factor in there. They having those games in Canada, yeah, even the, the distance to travel. I don't know if that makes much of a difference, but um, in terms of the White Sox, I think 
had a quick look there. Um, we we went two and four against Toronto this year, so definitely on the losing side. I don't remember being overawed by them at any stage. Um, you will know, probably get a losing record against a lot of teams this year. Um, but again, we played Seattle. I think you're a good outfit. You've performed really well throughout the year, verging on about 90 wins. Um, I don't think there's anything to be scared of in the Blue Jays at all. It's probably quite like for like. Um, I don't know if you've covered it yet, but if you do win that game, I think you've got the likelihood of facing Houston. Um, and I think Houston are just um, kind of terrific. They're, they're quite an outfit um, to watch. They're quite intimidating to come up against. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm sure it would be a, a huge win for Seattle to get to that stage anyway of the ALDS. Um, but no, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be intimidated by the Blue Jays unless, again, half your team's missing for uh, kind of COVID reasons. No, exactly that. No, I think it's good insight there, Dave Jr. as well. And it is, it's, a, yeah, I think it really is. I was mentioning that the, the, the Blue Jays hold a, a 2-1 advantage over Seattle in games in Canada this year and the three games they've played, Seattle swept them uh, in the Pacific Northwest but yeah, absolutely, I would I would put good money, I'd certainly put your money on it being 2-1 either way in that series I, I, I think the chances of it being you know, a, 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 a simple victory for one or the other are, are remote I think it'll be a closely contested three game series and, and I'm just hopeful that Seattle can pick up the, the two wins they require to take them. And yeah, the Astros lying in wait. The Astros have had Seattle's number generally. But again, I'm a great believer once you get into the postseason, and particularly if Seattle can put their recent and different form behind them, I think the lift, we've talked about this before actually, the lift that teams get if they can win that initial, you know, playoff game series, and actually that can give them a real a real burst of adrenaline and actually take them past teams that you would think would normally be too good for them once you get to that yeah that divisional that divisional series so it's certainly all to play for Alan I know you've uh, as a recent visitor to the great city of Seattle I know you enjoyed your your spell over there and got somewhat of an affinity to the Mariners as kind of your kind of a, a second team obviously a distance second to the Detroit Tigers but still a, a worthy second team so you'll presumably be hoping that they can emerge victorious from their, their visit north are the Mariners in the playoffs yeah I've always been a Mariners fan. <laughs> That's the spirit, Alan. I like that. I remember being mocked by my by my pals uh, for becoming a Blackburn Rovers football uh, yeah. fan for, for for football read soccer to our listeners in other countries, and it, it was surprised no one amongst the group here to guess which season it was that I suddenly decided that the, the folks that played in, in Ewood Park were were great. Can you imagine which season that was, Alan? I'm going to make a guess. It was the season they won the championship. 93. It was a 93. Shearer. Shearer. Yep, Shearer, Sutton, Stuart Ripley, Tim Sherwood. Yeah. I, think I wasn't going to mention Sutton, but yeah. Graham Lasso, etc. Tim Flowers and goals as well. So I still, despite only having Dane to support them for a year or two, I can still remember them. But uh, yes, so that's kind of loyalty I demonstrate, Alan. So it's good to see <laughs> you're a yeah. man of a similar multicoloured disposition. It's... Yeah, I think I think um, young Dave once made the comment that I've I, I've probably got enough crappy souvenirs from various different teams that I can jump into any team I, I want and say, yeah, I've always been a so and so supporter. But uh, no, it's um, I'm pleased. I, I, I've actually I did four games. I saw Seattle. I don't think I've seen that many 
games in any of my trips involving one team in my life. So on that basis, I feel vaguely entitled to to, to put myself behind the, the Mariners and go for it. And I think uh, the, the classic for me was the two nights in a row I saw them play the Yankees, where I, my, my naive brain saw them, I thought, getting pumped one night. Um, and we might mention one of the, the, the chaps who scored for the Yankees that night. But then the next night, the Yankees couldn't score over 13 innings and uh, Seattle eventually won the game, which sort of highlights a lot about baseball and pitching. And with these wildcard games, I remember the COVID season when we got involved, the first wildcard games were like one-off games. And I think that that doesn't fit to me, the ethos of baseball. So a three-game series to decide who goes on to the, the divisional series, I think that's absolutely perfect. Um I think that gives the experience. There's there's a good depth in the Mariners. There's also good depth in the, the the Blue Jays as well. But there's good depth in the Mariners there. Do we have any insight as to what a manager does with his pitching rotation here? Because does he is it like the Ryder Cup where you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to put my best player out first because I know they're putting their best player out first, or do you think? Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice game one because they've they've got one good pitcher, and I know he'll play in game one, and then I know that we'll we'll get them in games two and three. There there has to be thinking along those lines, but I, um, I, I guess they employ people in analytics departments and pay them millions of dollars to make those decisions. Yeah, absolutely, and it was that as one of the little narrow advantages I think the Blue Jays have secured because. They were guaranteed that slot with enough games left that they could then rest pitchers. Right. You know, they could keep their starting rotation, their best pitchers fresh. You know, they were yeah. able to do that. So they will have their best arms for those three games. Seattle obviously clinched their space, their place in the back of Cal Raleigh's uh, solo home run. A lovely way to do it. Two out in the nine as a pinch hitter against the A's. So it was, uh, I'm looking forward to more drama like that. But yeah, I Wait. think the pitching will be absolutely critical. When is, when is game one, Richard? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, so we're recording this just a, just a day or so ahead of the first one. So yeah, it will be it will be a absolutely pivotal. Obviously, the first one. You're either you know you're either one game away after that, or you're right behind the eight ball. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I hope that the rest of the bullpen will be sending positive energy to Rogers Field and making sure it lands in the direction of the Mariners as well, because I think it's, it's it's just great to be there. And Alan, I guess, and I hope you will have found in your time in Seattle, it's a real baseball city. It's a big, big sports city, but it really is a baseball city. They care a great deal about their team, despite it's, you know, the Mariners never having won a World Series. So it's it's uh, yeah. deserving. I know I'm biased, but they're very much deserving, the city yeah. and their fans. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good comment. I was pleasantly surprised. They were just flicking through... Surprisingly, I didn't have all these stats in my brain, but I was flicking through some of the stats for the four games I went to there. Um, and, and and I was sort of thinking, I had in my mind, oh, the Yankees games were uh, phenomenal, big crowds, um, exciting stuff. Uh, bizarrely, a game that saw them lose against the, the, the Angels' Angels um, actually had a bigger crowd. It, it was Friday night, 
which makes a difference. But the re regularly getting crowds, 30, 40,000 there, it didn't seem to, I, I was going to come back and say, oh yeah, there's twice as many watching the Yankees games. So that's not actually correct. Um, uh, so a big crowd there each time. And yeah, the game against the Rangers I saw was, uh, uh, was that a Tuesday night possibly? Um, 23 and a half thousand, but yeah. Tuesday night, you know what it's like if you're turning up for a CIS Cup second round game against lower opposition on a Tuesday night, you're not quite going to get the same crowd. So it was good to see that because I will say that in the UK, we're probably um, outnumbered by NFL fans and the Seahawks are obviously a big draw uh, in, in the NFL. And yeah, the Mariner Stadium is a lot better than the Seahawks Stadium. They're right beside each other. Uh, you, you're walking around and people seem to be wearing more Mariner's gears and Seahawk gear. Well, having said that, I was there in season. But yeah, big big baseball city. Um, they certainly into it, certainly enjoyed it. So yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Well, as we speak, uh, Seattle haven't yet decided on their pitchers, but Toronto certainly have chosen their game one pitcher and for a little surprise, it's Alec Manoa, who's been a standout for them this season, likely to be Kevin Guzman in game two. Uh, I'm not sure who they're likely to choose for game three, but as of, as of just now, Seattle haven't decided who's going to be on the mound for that first game as well. So yeah, it's going to be exciting and I'm going to predict the Mariners to win 2-1. I think I think the Blue Jays might win the first game with Alec Manoa's arm, but I think the Mariners can draw level in game two. It'll be all to play for in the third game, and I'm backing Seattle to clinch that spot, likely against the Astros in the, in the championship series. Dave Jr., can we get a prediction for you for the Mariners and the Blue Jays? I shall go 2-0 Mariners. Even more optimistic than I am. That's why I like to see Yorkshire, Dave. I like what you said, actually, because uh, Manoa, as I've seen, <laughs> he's done pretty well against the Red Sox recently, um, uh, unlike most uh, pitchers in the AL East. But, um, yeah, I think um, keeping the, 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 the Toronto bats quiet will be the main thing for that, yeah, they're pretty hot, aren't they? I was just trying to look at what um, the 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 runs have scored this this season. So yeah, I'll I'll go two one as well for the for Seattle. I think two two one has to be the obvious answer. I don't think any of us are going to deviate from one thing and hoping to see the Mariners win. Uh, so I will also. Pitch my hat in at 2-1. I think that lad you mentioned is pitching for the Blue Jays in the first game. Is he a young rookie, possibly, who's made a bit of a decent start to his career? So he's getting a lot of good good feedback. So we'll let him win game one uh, and we'll let the Mariners win game two and three. That sounds good to me. I'll certainly take that. More more than happy to accept that. Beyond the Mariners and the Blue Jays, obviously, we're in the, the largest uh, postseason in history in terms of the number of teams involved. Uh, neither the Blue Jays or the Mariners will be favourites or close to it amongst the teams that are there 
Uh, but who do we who do we fancy? Who do we think at this stage? We made our preseason predictions, and there were a couple of them are still alive. But now we, we know who's going to be in there, who's going to be fighting it out in the fall potentially to reach the fall classic. Who do we think is going to go all the way? And potentially, this is going to be the latest Major League Baseball World Series in history. Part because of the, the delay at the start, the week's delay at the start of the season. But if the if the World Series was to go to a deciding seventh game, it would take place on the fifth of November. So it could fireworks. be a case remember, remember the fifth. Yep, absolutely, yeah. fireworks are plenty uh, potentially. But who do we think will be competing in that World Series? Then who who do we like the look of at the moment? We'll start off, I think, with Yorkshire Dave. Yeah, well, right out of the blue. And no particular, I'm just going to go Mets. Yeah. That's my Very like. <laughs> yeah. Quite a sense you've ever had from, from me. Um, I think they're coming good at the right time. Um, they've got a lot of exciting players. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, like I did last year, I had a bet on Red Sox at the start of the season just for, you know, because I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, I, liked, um, I liked the Brewers, but they just fell short. Um, yeah, you look at the Dodgers and uh, incredible Yankees. I'm just going Mets. Well, see, I think the Mets back, have got a good chance. The other night, back to back to back, home runs, everything's... Yep. Just sort of seems to be clicking just now for them at the right time in the season. All the players are coming back, and uh, yeah, that's around. <laughs> well, for those I mentioned earlier about Seattle being relatively frugal and, and not big spenders, the Mets have been the biggest spenders this season yeah. $280 million or thereabouts, just ahead of the Dodgers with the Yankees. In third place, and, and uh, I do have a soft spot for the Mets. I must admit, something about them being kind of the less the less storied team of the of the great city of New York, and obviously the the story of the miracle Mets and all that. We all yeah. have a good underdog as well. So if you can be an underdog while spending two hundred eighty million and more than anyone else, <laughs> uh, that could be. Let's hear it for the underdog Mets, Alan. Uh, besides the Mets, and feel free to discuss them. Who else do you think could could end up going all the way? Thank you, goodness. Uh, um, when I look at the National League, I'm probably going to say the same as I do every other year and go with Dodgers. Um, they would play the Mets, I think, assuming the Mets win the wild card series. Um, then the Dodgers would be up against the Braves. I just think the Dodgers, if, if, if you're looking at it from a stats basis, I think the Dodgers probably have a more straightforward route through to the, the World Series and, and probably the American League teams, um, then it's going to be, you're going to, unless one of the wildcard teams can pull it off, you're looking at the Yankees Astros. And I think on this podcast, we would have to look to see the Astros make it through to the, the World Series as well. So the Astros against the Dodgers, bit of West Coast stuff going on there. Oof. Um, yeah, let's see the Astros win it again. On 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 the bonfire night. Yeah, that seems reasonable as well. I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, but we have been we do have somewhat of a 
of a, a liking in the Highland bullpen for the Astros, not least because of their, their excellent podcast, which we're always happy to to plug because it's it's great stuff. But there are yeah, it's a lot to admire about how they how they play the game. Yeah, I'm trying to think beyond the teams you mentioned. Dave Junior, are we missing any obvious tricks in terms of any outsiders or anybody you think could throw some surprises into the mix? So my focus would be again, I really do think the Mariners will progress to play Houston. And I'm sorry, but I think the Astros, whenever I've seen them, they're just such a polished outfit. Um, I would really fancy them going on to the, the championship game. Um, I do fancy Cleveland to beat Tampa. I wasn't too impressed with Tampa through the, through the year. And I also, uh, there's something in, in my bones just tells me Cleveland are going to knock the Yankees out. Um, I just, uh, I've got something there. I've really... That's called four. <laughs> well, I've... I've really disliked the the Guardians this year, the Guards, as, as they've come to be known. Um, but they've got a really young, fired-up team, which, again, Terry Francona manages them so well. Um, they seem to never say quit. Nobody really thumps them. Um, I don't see why they would be scared of anyone. Um, all Having said that, the all-conquering uh, Aaron Judge, who I think he occasionally makes it onto social media via MLB, his name... Seems to be on every bloody notification I get on my phone these days. <laughs> um, and again, I'm sure we'll come, come on to Mr. Judge later. But I, th- I think Cleveland against Houston in the championship game. Um, and I, I do fancy Houston going on uh, to, to make the World Series. I must admit, on the other side of the brackets, so the, the National League, I'd have to go with form. Uh, the, the Braves run to this stage has been fascinating. It's been incredible watching them kind of catch up and overtake the Mets. Um, it's been really quite interesting. Again, when you consider they lost the talisman, Freddie Freeman, uh, after last season. Um, but to, to make it back, and again, they were pretty much down and out for quite some time. When you look at the, the league graph as to where they, the distance they've been behind the Mets in that division, they have, that's real championship form. Um, and I'd be quite interested in seeing how they got on. In terms of the wild cards, I'm just I'm looking at the graph just now, but I can see the Phillies, St. Louis, um, so, you know some real classic baseball names there. But I've, I've not seen them throughout the year. San Diego and the Mets, I've not seen the Mets too much. I wonder if that how they they ended the season might affect them. So I'd really have to say one of the Braves or the Dodgers uh, in the World Series itself, um, and I'd probably have to go with the Dodgers. Just they've got so much talent on that team. Um, so I would go with Houston versus LA uh, in the World Series, and I would go with the Astros to pick them. They're just they're such they're the most polished team. Um, I'm a pretty new fan to baseball, but they are just such a polished outfit um, across the board. Well, that sounds like, it certainly seems like that would be a cracker of a World Series. I can just imagine those two franchises going at it with all the talent that they have. Uh, that they have within their respective squads. But uh, you mentioned there, and you can't avoid them, Aaron Judge overtaking Roger Maris's home run record in the AL, uh, going past Roger Maris's mark of 61 with his 62nd. I know, Yorkshire Dave, we never enjoy, well, actually, some of us don't mind, but you never enjoy lavishing praise on the, on the Bronx Bombers, but you've got to hand it to Aaron Judge. It has been a, a season for the ages from him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, joking aside, um, if you like baseball, you know, the sport, I, I do think we, we make comparisons with cricket, don't we? And 
you know, in in the you know old terms in English cricket, the game is is the thing that you love. You support your team, but you want to see a good game. So you go and see a, a test match, uh, you know, and so Garfield Sobers was playing. You want to see him score a century, but hopefully your team still wins. But you want to see the other guys playing well. And I think that's I think that's the the ethic of the fans in baseball, and you see it, don't you, wherever you go. And uh, I think the Aaron Judge has come over extremely well in the in the running. I'm for one, I'm really pleased that he's managed to do it. And that is 62. Not it's not just the Yankees record; it's the AL record, isn't it? It's one or two guys in the National League who you know have a bigger um you know Barry Bonds hit over 70 didn't they Sammy Sosa hit 60 odd three times you know some of these records are tainted um I, I'm not sure about that myself but yeah I'm, I'm really pleased he's done it he's yeah, I quite like the guy and he's a free agent is oh, he yes. at the end of this year and um, mad as it sounds, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I've heard it said the Red Sox, you know, he wouldn't be averse to going to Boston. It's not going to happen. He's going to be in pinstripes for the rest of his career, I think. But, you know, how much is he going to demand in terms of how old is he? Is he 29? I think that he's certainly round about there, but certainly it's not a bad time when you're just going up for free agency to suddenly hit a, <laughs> a record-breaking home run season, yeah. is it? Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, sort of was looking at the, you know, I guess we might talk about the other great home run record this year, Albert Pujols, and um, you look at who might be likely to be the next one to hit 700 if that ever happens and you know I was looking at um, his teammate Giancarlo Stanton who has currently 378 13 seasons age 32 um, Mike Trout 349 from 12 seasons he's only 30 so these guys could do it you need to do something like 22 seasons Albert is 42, you know, so, but can you keep going at 10, 10 season, another 10 season, 30, 40 home runs a season? Then you look at, um, at Aaron Judge, and um, I think, what's he got now? So <laughs> I was joking to myself earlier on, today he's got 62. He's miles ahead of anyone. Schwab's, who I love, has got 46 this season, so... He's only 30, so if he does another 12 years at 62, <laughs> I, was saying, I was joking, so that's 744. He's currently got 220. 220 plus 744 is 964. Could he be the first man to 1,000 home runs? I'm only joking. But this, this guy just looks to me to be phenomenal. You know, he's a right-handed hitter in... A ballpark that's supposed to favour left-handed hitters. It's the ball both ways. You've seen that thing I sent you earlier today, the 62 
home runs in um, in one minute, and he's hitting the ball anywhere and everywhere. So uh, good luck to him, I think. No, just because it was worth making the comment, obviously, uh, jumping back to my Seattle experience, I, I saw Mr. Judge this year and I have seen one of those home runs live. I should possibly check my various wee videos I've got of games. Uh, I don't think I'd have been filming a Yankees player coming up to bat, but uh, uh, witnessing that was good. But then I was then checking his stats for then the 13 innings game where the Yankees didn't score and just wanted to see what, what his record was there. So he'd won one hit and three at-bats. And I was thinking, well, why has he had three at-bats in a 13-inning game? But he was walked a couple of times. Yeah. So as well as being a phenomenal hitter yeah. for all these home runs, how often are the pitchers not letting him have a crack at a home run as well? Now, that's it's part of the game. But it's isn't it shows good yeah, he was, but yeah, he still walked a couple of times at Boston recently. He still managed to get a couple of home runs. But his average is good, isn't it? Because he's he's not far off. Um, you know, he's in contention for the triple crown. You know, he's, he's um, he was obviously going to yes. be heading home runs. His RBIs, and there's only one other guy who was level with him just now. And he's he's hitting over three hundred in the average. I think there's two or three guys above him. So he could do that, and that's you know one of the rarest things. Uh, your man Miggy is the last yeah. guy, the last guy to do it. So um, that's a really rare event if he manages that. So it just shows he's not just a power hitter. You know he walks a lot and he hits for average. And he's even yeah. he even steals bases. I think he's not far off twenty bases on. A t- total package, isn't he? he? Really is a total package there. But uh, yeah, and and. Maybe on a final note, it's nice to reflect on that bit of history this season because you see history in baseball fairly regularly, different types of history, different levels of history. But to see a man become only the fourth to hit 700 home runs and to join Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds, that's that's a bit of history for the ages, literally for the ages yeah. there. And that's uh, Albert Pujols, what, what an achievement. You know, it's just, it's, uh, I'm not sure... We might see somebody reach 700 home runs in our, in our lifetimes, but there's no guarantee. Quite frankly, that's how rare and how hard a thing it is to do. So yeah. I, I think that would, that's would that got to be surely one of our highlights of the regular season. Yeah. Would you reckon, Dave Jr., do you reckon that's one that deserves to be perhaps the highlight or certainly one of the leading highlights of this 2022 MLB season? Yeah, must be. Um, it's what gets the fans off their seats. Um so yeah. guys like Pujols, guys like Judge, uh, they're to be celebrated. Um, particularly Pujols, and it's, sorry, I, I missed some of the chat there. Um, but I think he was he was pretty much down as down and out a few years ago. His career was over, and I mean his record. This I think it was September. I'm sure he hit something like eleven or twelve home runs in the month alone, which is just wild. Um, and again, you're not talking about a pitching selection when he's come up against teams who are just throwing him under arm balls. They want to strike him out. You know that this that it's not charity every night. Yeah. Uh, but the guy, the guy is strong. He knows what he's doing, um, and yeah, he's just a fantastic talent. So um, again, he's a character 
used the term earlier, but I think he's pretty much loved through baseball, uh, not just through what he's done this season, um, but I think he's just widely loved by the baseball community. And uh, these guys should be cherished. You don't have them for too long, um, so yeah, enjoy them. Enjoy them when they're here. Um, I I am a little bit emotional tonight, Richard. I must say, um, tonight is probably going to be um, Jose Abreu's last game for the White Sox. So oh. once we wrap things up here. I'll be going um, downstairs to to watch that game, but um, it's been a bit of a kind of time coming. There's a, you know, it's maybe something to talk about another night, but um, yeah, it's it's quite sad. It looks as if he'll be moving on. And, uh, yeah, I've only been a baseball fan for kind of three or four years, but he's he's my guy, and he's, I think he's another one that you see him interact at first base with every opposition, and he's always laughing and joking. With, with the opposition. I think he's widely um, respected. Um, you know, an MVP one year, an all-star. Um, he's he's our guy and uh, I'm going to actually really miss him. He's, he's probably my, my first baseball hero um, and it oh. should be, I think the word is that he's leaving the organisation after this year. So I'm gutted for a guy like him that he couldn't have got to the postseason and celebrated more success. I think they've let him down in that way but um yeah so sorry I'm, I'm i'm kind of loving all the big hitters tonight yeah no absolutely and as you say yeah you're, you're no doubt right about this season but when you look back at the what he's achieved and in his, in his you know in his career at chicago there it's uh yeah he's been a, a class act i think is a phrase that could definitely be applied to Abreu. i think uh, dave a class act well, we've talked a lot about heroes, in this case a departing hero. New heroes will be made over the next four weeks in baseball's postseason as we march towards the fall classic and the highlight of the year's baseball action. From my point of view, and I think it's fair to say for my fellow bullpen bros, thank you, Alan, Yorkshire, Dave and Dave Jr. for your good wishes. We'll add them to my pile for the Mariners. I really hope next time we're talking about the Mariners' next challenge in the postseason but until then whoever you support whether they've made it to the playoffs or not have a fantastic weekend baseball and we'll back soon with a Highland bullpen